0: And
1: I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to this late night podcast wrapping up the day's development in Artsakh and Armenia.
0: At around 12.44 p.m. today, Artsakh's authorities announced that with the mediation of the command of the Russian peacekeeping contingent stationed in nagorno karabakh an agreement was reached on the complete cessation of hostilities starting from 1 p.m. local time.
1: And the situation before 1 p.m. was that uh, the battles were ongoing on the entire length of the contact line and had continued throughout the night and the next morning with varying intensity. Azerbaijani armed forces had continued operations to advance their positions, targeting civilian infrastructures as well throughout Artsakh in different regions. And to date, Maria, we do not know what kind of territorial losses or changes in the position have been in Artsakh uh, following these two days.
0: That's right. Well, the statement went on to say that the authorities uh, of Artsakh had accepted the proposal of the command of the Russian peacekeeping mission regarding the cessation of fire. The Russian language text that was in the same post, however, offered more information. It said an agreement had been reached on the with withdrawal of the remaining units and soldiers of the armed forces of the Republic of Armenia from the deployment zone of the Russian peacekeeping contingent and the dismantling and complete disarmament of the armed formations of the nagorno karabakh Defense Army, uh, including the withdrawal of heavy equipment and weapons from the territory of Artsakh for their rapid disposal.
1: The same statement also said that issues raised by the Azerbaijani side on the reintegration ensuring the rights and security of nagorno karabakh Armenians, as well as the issues of ensuring the vitality of the nagorno karabakh population within the constitution of Azerbaijan, according to the agreements reached, will be discussed at a meeting between representatives of the local Armenian population and representatives of the central authorities of the Azerbaijani Republic, which will take place in the city of Yavlak on September. September 21 and during subsequent meetings.
0: Shortly after, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan addressed the Armenian people in a Facebook Live. He said that he had seen the statement regarding the ceasefire in nagorno karabakh and had quote, taken note of it. The Prime Minister said that the Republic of Armenia did not participate in any way in the text that was signed and was not a party to the discussions. He went on to note that the text mentions the remaining units of the armed forces of the Republic of Armenia, which he said is not understood for us. We have repeatedly said since uh, August 2021 that the Republic of Armenia does not have an army in nagorno karabakh
1: Pashinyan placed full responsibility of protecting the rights and security of the people of Arsakh on the Russian peacekeeping contingent since they were a party to the negotiations. He noted that conditions must be created so that they protect the rights of the people of Arsakh to live in their homes with dignity, although we believed that that condition was already placed on them by the November 9, 2020, trilateral statement. He added that he hopes the peacekeeping mission will fulfill the responsibilities they have taken on.
0: He went on to say that mentioning the name of the Republic of Armenia in a text that has nothing to do with Armenia justifies my hypotheses from yesterday that one of the main goals of Azerbaijan's aggression was to pull Armenia into military operations. Uh, Pashinyan added that had Armenia been forced into any military operation, the target would have been Armenia's independence and sovereignty.
1: And as of 9.30 p.m. today, the Office of the Human Rights Defender of Artsakh reports that there are at least 200 deaths and more than 400 people have been wounded. The number of injured people among the civilian population exceeds 40 people, among them 13 are children. There are 10 confirmed civilian deaths, among them 5 are children.
0: Artsakh's foreign ministry reports that more than 10,000 people are currently Uh, evacuated from their native communities, forced to find shelter in other settlements of Artsakh. Among them are women, children, and the elderly, many of whom have already been displaced several times due to Azerbaijan's uh, aggressions.
1: The Ministry of Defense of the Russian Federation reports that the peacekeepers have evacuated and are sheltering now more than... uh 3,000 civilians. They also confirmed today that several Russian peacekeepers were killed, not specifying the number. The report says on September 20, while returning from an observation post of the Russian peacekeeping contingent in the area of the village of Chankatach, a car with Russian military personnel came under fire. As a result of the shelling, the Russian military personnel in the car were killed
0: self Human Rights Ombudsman also reports that there are thousands of people who still cannot find their relatives and family members. The Human Rights Defender has launched a fact-finding mission to try to collect information on the persons whose fate currently remains unknown.
1: The Ombudsman's office also says that as a result of Azerbaijan's targeting of the high-voltage electricity grid in Martakert, since September 19, around 1.30 a.m., the entire population of Arsakh has been deprived of electricity for more than 12 hours now. The the deliberate targeting of the vital infrastructure, which leads to more suffering and deprivations among the civilian population, is yet another terrorist act by Azerbaijan.
0: Since the ceasefire uh, which came into effect, according to local reports, at around 3 p.m., Thousands of residents of Artsakh have gathered near the headquarters of the Russian peacekeepers, which is adjacent to the Stepanagert airport. According to Ardak Beklarian, who was the former state minister and human rights ombudsman of Artsakh, they are demanding uh, to be evacuated by helicopters and expecting a better protection. And Rubina, we've been hearing reports of people being in absolute confusion, not knowing what their what's fate is going to is gonna be, what's going to happen to them. Is there going to be a humanitarian corridor open? Because we have to remember the blockade is still going. Uh, absolutely and uh, uh, it's not clear what's happening well Azerbaijani
1: forces have taken some positions uh, yet they're not in Stepanakert. well they appear in Stepanakert shortly It's uh, nothing is known at this moment
0: that's right so I uh, spoke with uh, Sheila Pailan earlier she's an international criminal lawyer, war crimes investigator, human rights and gender expert and former legal advisor to the United Nations and she's one of our regular contributors here on EVN Report and I asked her what are some of the legal instruments that can be operationalized to, first of all, ensure the right security, the physical security of the people of Artsakh. And uh, this is what she
2: had to say. I mean, all available legal instruments are being used, except we're still not a member of the ICC, so we can't trigger that. And I think that it is time for the Genocide Convention to also be triggered before the ICJ. But these are just, you know, the treaties that were either already party to or can be a party to, that's more of a long game sort of goal. It's not going to address the very immediate needs of the population right now. You mentioned that one of the conditions is for remnants of Armenian armed forces to pull out. I mean, the consistent position has been that there are no more Armenian armed forces there. So that, you know, that's actually inaccurate. That's something that Azerbaijan keeps talking about. By forcing this rapid disarmament and demobilization of a a self-defense force of the Artsakh Defense Army, which is a self-defense force, it's actually really, really dangerous right now. And the international community really needs to get involved more than ever. This isn't okay. This is really, really not okay. And, you know, in terms of a legal, it's not a strictly legal avenue, but it has a soft law quality to it. And that is R2P. It's a global commitment that the world made, and it is completely, completely applicable now. And the fact that there is no international intervention yet, I would say, you know, not just ICRC, but UNHCR has to get involved. Tomorrow, we, we're we going to hear from the UN Security Council. We can predict how that's going to go, which is probably not very well in terms of Russia's uh, position. But that doesn't mean that the international community is barred from intervening. They don't need the Security Council to have a unanimous or the P-5 to not veto for there to be an international intervention at this stage.
0: So even if Russia does veto any resolution or any decision to bring in an international force that would protect, like you said, the population of Nagorno-Garabakh, who is right now at the mercy of Azerbaijan and Russia, because what we have seen is a Russo-Azerbaijani axis forming over the nine months of the blockade, if not earlier. Um, yeah. And they're basically at the mercy of two very autocratic states and Azerbaijan whose basic uh, objective is to ethnically cleanse Gharapag of its indigenous Armenian population.
2: Absolutely. I mean, uh, the fact that Russia is an aggressor in Ukraine hasn't stopped the international community from going as far as it can possibly go to help Ukraine. They can do way more for the Armenians right now. And I think I just I just saw another tweet from Shal Michel where he talks about Having had a conversation just now with Azerbaijani President Aliyev saying, you know, he's calling on him to protect the rights. You know, I just don't understand. It doesn't make it's almost Kafkaesque, you know, this is a blatant failure of the international community's obligation to protect under R2P. There's way more that can be done and the words are completely empty. I would say we need boots on the ground. I know that's asking a lot and that that actually might need a Security Council approval, but not necessarily. But short of that, there's absolutely um, space for assisted evacuations and also to slow down the disarmament process because there is a UN-assisted process for that where it doesn't just completely expose this already clearly very vulnerable population to then, I mean, this is just the beginning. We're going to see way more demands, unreasonable demands, and yeah, it's it's very distressing to watch.
1: Well, uh, that could be the international toolkit that Armenia could use. But however, let's listen to the Russian narrative. We have quite a large segment here uh, just from today. Uh, Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin said that the Russian peacekeepers are actively working with all parties involved in the Karabakh conflict and doing everything to protect the civilian population. Putin said that he hopes the situation around nagorno karabakh will de-escalate, but this was after the ceasefire agreement.
0: Right. In a comment to Russian uh, state media, Dmitry Peskov, who is Putin's press secretary, says he does not yet see any reason to talk about ethnic cleansing in nagorno karabakh He said that Moscow expects that Baku will honor its promise not to hit civilian targets, he said despite the ceasefire announcement uh, from 1 p.m. today, and that all rights of the residents of Karabakh quote, must be respected. Peskov went on to say that Russia recognizes that the situation in Karabakh now is an internal matter of Azerbaijan, you know, basically um, washing their hands.
1: Well, you know, uh, I was joking, not joking, earlier saying that let's not be surprised if uh by the end of the day, we see Moscow saying Khangendi uh, instead of Stepanakert. Right, yeah. Well, earlier in the day before the ceasefire, however, this time, Peskov had also stated that Azerbaijan is carrying out military operations in nagorno karabakh on its jure territory. So Armenia's accusations that the Russian peacekeepers have not fulfilled their obligations are groundless.
0: Yeah, And it's like we said at the top of yesterday's podcast, Armenia is being held responsible for the attack against nagorno karabakh by Azerbaijan. Another statement by the Russian foreign ministry in connection with the situation in Artsakh uh, repeated the narrative saying quote, the fate of the nagorno karabakh settlement was radically influenced by the recognition by official Yerevan in October 2022 and May 2023 at summits under the auspices of the EU that recognized nagorno karabakh as part of the territory of Azerbaijan. This changed the fundamental conditions under which the statement of the leaders of Russia, Azerbaijan and Armenia signed. This is referring to the trilateral statement of November 9, 2020, as well as the position of the Russian peacekeeping contingent.
1: I wonder if this point was also part of a separate uh, talking point sent out to all missions and media reports, like we'll talk about mm-hmm. what uh, Medusa published in a minute. But before that, something we left out from yesterday's podcast because it kind of was a little too much, not fantastical, pro- almost not, uh, not professional. However, since there was a continuation today, let's uh, let's talk about that as well. Goes perfectly well with this package of the Russian uh, responses. Yesterday's not so cryptic post by Deputy Chair of the uh, Security Council of the Russian Federation, Dmitry Medvedev, about a colleague from a fraternal country who, in his own words tried to blame russia for his mediocre defeat in the war renounced part of the his country's territory and decided to flirt with nato by sending his spouse to the enemies of moscow with cookies guess what fate awaits him midvedev had concluded his like uh, mm-hmm. post- strange statement yes well, the post was further interpreted today by his assistant, Oleg Osipov. In his explanation, Osipov said that I spoke with Dmitry Anatolyvich. If anyone does not understand, then Russia has been and will be the guarantor of the very existence of Armenia as a state and of Armenians as a nation. That's how God intended it. And all Armenian national traders will be sent to hell along with their overseas patrons this is coming
0: from russian officials high ranking security council no commentary necessary and in the meanwhile, Russian opposition news agency Medusa reports that the Kremlin gave talking points on September 19th, the day Azerbaijan launched a massive assault on nagorno karabakh to Russian state media on how to frame the situation in Artsakh in a way that blames Armenia and its Western, quote, partners for everything and shows Russian peacekeepers heroically saving civilians from the shelling. The publication says that the document instructed the media to emphasize the fact the fact that the Armenian leadership recognized the sovereignty of Azerbaijan um, over Karabakh, citing statements, again, by Pashinyan in October of 2022. And not only the Russian state media, but Russian officials fell very easily into line and were pushing this narrative. And strangely, just
1: hours ago, Aliyev begged to differ with this uh, opinion that uh, Pashinyan recognized Karabakh uh, as part of Azerbaijan. And as I said, at uh, 8.30 p.m., Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev gave a press briefing where he said that the so-called anti-terror operation that was launched against nagorno karabakh has ended and Azerbaijan has now restored its sovereignty over Karabakh.
0: He went on to say, I mean, we're going to be quoting him um, substantially, uh, only because some of the things he said, I think were important for us to, to listen to. He said the military hardware of Armenian forces have been destroyed, but that he personally ordered his military to protect Armenian civilians and stressed that he had ordered his armed forces to destroy only military targets and not civilian infrastructure. He admitted that the Azerbaijani side had killed and wounded, but he did not, as is the practice, reveal any numbers. He went on to say that the nagorno karabakh leadership contacted them through mediators to surrender.
1: And going back to his... Uh order to only target civilians that included the electricity uh electricity Residential five children buildings. dead mm-hmm. all russian peacekeepers targeted That the ambulance mm-hmm. driver the ambulance mm-hmm. was also targeted we didn't include it but the ambulance driver was wounded well, Aliyev also said that as of 6.05 p.m. local time, Armenian forces started to disarm and it came to this because after the 2020 Artsakh War, Azerbaijan demanded several times that Armenians retreat from Karabakh. adding that Pashinyan didn't recognize Azerbaijan's sovereignty over Karabakh because he wanted it, but because the iron fist made him do it. He also said that everything Azerbaijan did was legitimate, legal, and a new era has started in the region.
0: Aliyev said that nagorno karabakhs leadership brainwashed Armenian citizens of Azerbaijan, uh, ingrained hatred toward Azerbaijanis, but that they don't have hatred toward the Armenian people. He went on to say that the Armenian people aren't guilty of Khojalu or other atrocities, but rather it was the leadership that was the enemy. Uh, Aliyev said Armenian culture, religious uh, education rights, municipal elections, he even said, will be provided um, and that they will make a paradise out of Karabakh, not only the seven regions, but also so Asgeran, Stepan he used the word Khangendi, which I changed, and other places where Armenians live. He believes that, Armenian, that the Armenian people know that he is, quote, a man of his word. Exactly. We know exactly that he's a man mm-hmm. of his word. And, and, the, we've
1: and seen his what iron what fist. Has, yes. Uh, we've seen what has happened to the cultural heritage in Shushi and other regions that came under. And we saw the humanitarian side to Azerbaijan over and over again in the last nine months. Well, Aliyev also praised the leadership of the Republic of Armenia, saying that they have demonstrated political competence and this will have a positive impact on peace talks and that Armenia should understand that Azerbaijan acknowledges Armenia's territorial integrity. This is a first, Maria. He noted that the South Caucasus should be uh, free of forces, politicians, etc. sitting on the other side of the world.
0: The Azerbaijani president noted that Armenia's position during the operation gives hope and soon all three countries of the South Caucasus. Will work together, but they should never forget that the iron fist stands. And he ended saying, Nobody can dictate and lecture to us, and Rabapag is Azerbaijan. And Rubina, um, we did a very brief wrap up. There are a lot of other things, uh, details that we left out of this podcast. Again, people can go and check uh, the whole. update that we have, the live updates that we're doing on our website. Right now, as we're speaking, there's a rally, a large rally taking place in Yerevan's Republic Square. People are there. Mostly the opposition forces are demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, his government. They're calling for a transitional national committee to be formed. It was basically the same script as they were using in Last summer, you know, every time that there were protests. And understandably, people, um, it was a devastating day today because it was the total, from what we see at this point, the total subjugation of the people of Artsakh by um, a a despotic regime, an authoritarian regime. Um, We have now tens of thousands of basically uh, IDPs, I mean, in their own uh, country that are uh, displaced Um, they don't know what's going to happen to them. And because the Artsakh Defense Army was, according to Aliyev, we don't have any official statement from the Armenian side. That's Uh, why we had to quote Aliyev for this long also, because there's no information. That's the most infuriating part. um, You know, it was a self-defense force. When you disarm a self-defense force, and when the people do not have arms to protect themselves, they are left at the mercy of two, I would argue, autocratic regimes, on the one hand, Azerbaijan, who has launched um, this horrific assault, and uh, in collusion with Moscow. And we're seeing this narrative taking place right before our very eyes. And while... Yes, the West's um, response has been very aggressive. There's no more both sidedism Everybody's calling them out. But unless international legal mechanisms are put into place, uh, I fear that um, there will be uh, many more atrocities ahead of us. And another fear we have, and we saw this um they have lists of men who participated in the first Nagorno-Karabakh war. Oh, uh, and we don't know what will happen to those men. They will be detained, you know, charged with war crimes. Maybe they'll be executed. So right now, you we kept calling it a humanitarian catastrophe for nine months. It is a catastrophe right now.
1: And also, you said the population of Artsakh is under uh, the mercy of two regimes now. And absolutely the parallels that like special operation in Ukraine, anti-terror operation uh, in S- Artsakh. Same jingle, uh, uh, yeah, same d- lingo. D- d- say same lingo. And even this is not uh, slightly even funny, but when the Russians, uh, the Red, Russian Red Cross sent that humanitarian aid and it was full with blankets and toothbrushes. Yeah. And we were saying, why? <laughs> And now there are, like, thousands of uh, internally displaced in the Russian uh, peacekeeping headquarters. We we know
0: why now. Uh, We know why. And just on a final note, let us not forget the role of Turkey in all of this, who has been goading Azerbaijan on and supporting them and saying, you know... uh, we are two nations, um, brotherly countries, and uh, continually coming out against Armenia. So this is the situation we have at the moment. But also,
1: kind of a comment on the international response. It was very strong yesterday, and we said there's no both They're calling out the aggressor. But today, after one p.m., radio uh, silence. Radio mostly. silence. So uh, uh, I think the Aliyev policy is working because now there are the international communities like, if you agree to this
0: uh- well there is the United Nations Security Council session tomorrow evening well our evening Yerevan time uh, we'll be following that as well and see if, if this time around uh, there will be any resolution or any kind of action taken to protect uh, the people, the 120,000 people, 30,000 children of nagorno karabakh
1: And please follow the Newswatch Artsakh page that we have. We updated without emotion and opinion, so <laughs> this is very specific to our podcasts.
0: Thank you.